This is CliffCentral.com. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to the good stuff, Cliff Central's very unhappy hour with myself, Brent Lindy Q, the good things guy. Right next to me is Kerry Stein. 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 We're going to go through this every single week. I just mock your surname because I'm terrible. I'm terrible with names, terrible with surnames, <laughs> terrible with all the rest of the stuff. Um, you're in studio. It's Tuesday. You're hanging out with us and I am excited to be here. This is Cliff Central's very own happy hour. Um, we only bring you good news, good things, good stories. And um, today we're going to be catching up on a little bit of my MKRSA journey as every week you guys ask questions. So we'll be answering some of that. Um I mean, before we even get into that, never make pizza on a bra, full stop. All I'm saying. <laughs> not the best idea. Not the best, not the best advert. Uh, then we're going to be chatting a little bit about, uh, my Abu Dhabi trip. Just got back from Abu Dhabi. Really rad. That was cool. Um, the Cape Town food project. I was in Cape Town yesterday, uh, making pup for little kids. I know. I want to know more about that as well. We'll get into that. I cried a lot. Me too. It was a, it was a tough one. And, um, well, the mayor's sold his house, mm-hmm. going to be building houses for the needy. Uh, we'll bring you the top five good news stories, as well as Huddle Up. The girls are going to be joining us later. They come in once a month to sort of chat about stuff. But because I took a production break, we've missed a lot. So I've got, we've got a lot to catch up on, I'm sure. Uh, also, Lauren Siegel, author of Cancer, A Love Story, will be coming to chat about her story. She's actually just walked into the production studio. Um, just in time. Don't worry. No rush. Take it easy. Take a breather. Have a cup of coffee. We'll call you in a little bit. Plus, Colleen from the Best Breast Health Foundation is coming in. She's been here before. Yes. But we're going to be chatting to her today um, just a little bit about what they're up to because all of these things are very, very important. It's boob month. Is it? Yes. I didn't even know that. Thank goodness we brought them in. Well done to the producer for booking it. Uh, well done. Um, you can tweet us on cliffcentral.com, Brent Lindicue, or any of the esteemed guests' handles. They're going to throw them out there. Uh, you can also send us a message via our official WeChat account. Or you can call us 0861-555-189. Kerry, they can also WhatsApp. What's the number? 079-748-2090. She knows that off by heart. Mm-hmm. I'm well impressed. Mm-hmm. Well impressed. Right. So let's have a bit of a chat ski. What's, um, what's happening? I haven't seen you in a week. We did the show from, I did the show from Abu Dhabi, patched in last week. <laughs> Brent, I actually cannot believe what's happened in the space of a week. Really? I'm so excited. But I, obviously, I can't tell you much. Okay. But there's a lot happening. I'm very, very excited. And it's basically taken two years. So yes, it obviously it's all good things. Is um, that, is, is this about what you told me right before we went on air? No. I'm just checking. Have you been working on, I don't want to say anything. I'm not going to say anything, but Kerry, Kerry got invited to do something that's just a little bit different. And, uh, and, uh, she told me before air and I thought she'd been <laughs> working on it for two years. No, 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 no. These are, these are projects that, um, we've been working on for two years and they're just kind of, they're happening now and it's very, very exciting. I can't say much right now because it's still, um, Sens- under wraps. Sensitive. It's under wraps. It's under wraps. But it's happening. And then obviously the Christmas party stuff, that's all happening. And How's that I've going? Because the last time we overwhelming. chatted, there was a lot of people that were getting involved and helping you and doing overwhelming. things. Overwhelming. Yeah? It's overwhelming. And I can't believe how the weeks are flying, but I'm very, very excited. This year's going to be, it's going to be big. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. I'm super, super excited. Okay. Just to recap, for those that don't know, tell them about the Christmas party. So it will be on the 2nd of December. It's in Dipslut. We're going to have a, um, a Christmas party for 400 underprivileged children. They actually, they are actually orphans within, um, Dipslut. So the one school, Dipslut Primary has given us, access to use their premises because most of the children go to that school and um, we're, we're going to be having a massive Christmas party for them. We're going to have lots of fun. Uh, we're giving them gifts that are, what's the word? They are practical. Yeah. Well, so, that makes sense, right? So what we find, what we have found is uh, December, we usually throw them a Christmas party. It's all fun and games. And then January rolls around and the parents stress a little bit because now it's school. So we've basically combined the two and uh, we'll be giving them toys, stationery, school bags, lunch. And so the parents, I mean, their, par- uh, their parents can 
sort of wind down properly in December. Yeah, here's the thing. I and, and I said I was going to talk about this and bring it up. I went to Cape Town yesterday, mm. and I got to um, assist uh, a feeding program at a school at a, at an underprivileged school. Uh, school's got five hundred odd children. Not odd, they're not odd. Odd is the number. They have five hundred roundabout children um, that go to the school, and a lot of them are incredibly underprivileged. Yeah. Sure. I tweeted yesterday, and I, I sort of put it up on social media to raise awareness about it. But the 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 thing is, is perspective is a is huge. And to understand perspective when it comes to privilege and, and haves and have nots and the reality of our country and the reality of what we call our home, mm. it's hard. It's tough. So I got invited to go, um, to go and assist in this, in this feeding program. They feed these little, these little heroes, these little kids. They feed them every day. I call them tiny humans. <laughs> the little tiny humans. Yeah. They feed them every day. Some of these kids wake up at like four o'clock in the morning mm. to get to school. Four o'clock in the morning. And they make their way to the school. The, the school was near Fredahook in Cape Town, uh, which is sort of center of town. But yeah. some of these kids are coming from Kailicha. They're coming from the Hart Bay side. Really? It's That's far. far. So they get to school. Um, and... The kids get involved in the the prepping process. So they've got different jobs and they start at like six o'clock in the morning and off they go down to the storeroom to pick up the the crates that have got the different uh, bowls in them and the cups and like everything is, is set up, right? They then go into the one makeshift shift classroom, which they've turned into almost a production line. And the kids sit and make porridge. This porridge that they make is apparently um, just phenomenal. It's called EPUP. I know. I wanted to find out more about it as well. Yeah. So EPUP is, it was developed by a doctor, scientist, person who cares in South Africa. Mm. And it's got all the nutrients inside of it that a little one would need to just stay healthy and fit and full. And then they, once all the pup is made, it's distributed to all the different classrooms. And the kids are doing all of it, eh? They're all just working there. There's a couple of volunteers that yeah. are that are making sure that it runs smoothly. But these little legends know exactly what to do, how to cut the oranges. Like it's it's all. And set I don't up. mean to sound funny, but they wake up at four o'clock because they probably have to. Well, here's here's what I've. This is why. I mean, I was in tears. I had my sunglasses on. I looked like some Chloe Kardashian feeding <laughs> kids because I was just crying. Um. And we got to the classroom and then the kids, they unpack the porridge and they set it up. So each uh, desk has got a cup of water, a cup of porridge, a slice of orange and mm-hmm. a little napkin. And then off they go to assembly because that's part of school. So they go to assembly at a copper seven, do their assembly with their headmaster. And then they come back and they all sit down and just wait like they, you know. And the teacher says, morning guys, okay, you can all eat your porridge now, and everybody gets stuck in. There's a few kids who, I don't know, maybe they did have porridge, maybe they had breakfast, so it's not really, like, it's fine. Mm. So they don't eat their their porridge. But they, I mean, these kids, they do this every day, so they know. They put their porridge in the middle of the table if you're not going to eat it. Yes. And this is where it got rough. So out of a class of like 30 kids... Mm. Five of them didn't eat their porridge. They ate their orange and they ate their water and they were lacquer. And then the teacher said, um, who wants the extra porridge? And 25 kids put their hands up. The teacher explained to me that some of the kids, majority of the kids. That's all they eat. Have not eaten since yeah. Friday morning. Over the weekend. They haven't eaten a single thing since Friday morning. And that's for me is like, it's Fucked. And I don't swear often, and my Sorry, mother Mom. can she can be angry. But when I was there, like it's 2017, why the hell are we in a place where that is happening? And it was really just tough, yeah, just tough. And I walked away from that um, yesterday, and I just realized that we need to be doing more. 
if we can, we have to. Definitely. Like I, I, I've been sitting since yesterday trying to figure out it's what I need to it's do disturbing. to try and help mm. um, these kids and, and South Africans and kids around the world. And it was just really tough to see. Um, I, I was lucky enough to have a meal every day. My parents were able to look after me. The, the reality, and it's, it like hit me a hard truth yesterday, is that majority, majority of South Africans don't. Yeah. And it's hard. It's a hard it truth. Hard. It is definitely hard. I so mean, I'm racking my brain and I'm, I'm putting it out there and I'm, everybody needs to know that something's coming. I'm, I'm all about action. I never ever sit on my laurels. I never wait for other people to do stuff. I have a, I have a couple of ideas. I need to run them past the right people, but I believe that I might have the solution. Like, th- it, when you think of the solution, I have the solution. It is it. It is it. So just give me a bit of time. Okay. I'm going to feed South Africa a lot. A lot. A lot. Everyone. A lot. I'm going to feed. I'm going to educate. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm plan like, that I is really, I've got a really good idea and I just need to um, run it past the right people so that I know it'll work. I know it'll work. I just need the right people to jump on board. Very and, rarely um, you come up with something that doesn't work. Well, no, there's lots of things I need that don't work. Come on now. Nonsense. Come on now. So that, that was my time in, in Cape Town with the EPUP and it was, um, it's just interesting. Just really, 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 really interesting. Uh, also Abu Dhabi. I was in Abu Dhabi last week. Um, that wasn't. Flit in and out. It was in and out. <gasps> uh, I get sent. Have you been there before? No. So mm. I've never been to Abu Dhabi before. I got sent there with, uh, with Etihad who sent me over and the basic idea and it's, Travel.co.za. They send me over to experience um, these destinations mm. and to show, just using my platform and whatever, to show uh, how other people could experience those destinations too. Yeah. And then generally they put together a really cool package that I will um, promote where you can also go to Abu Dhabi at a really good rate and you can sort of do those things. I was blown away. It's like my idea of what Abu Dhabi was or is or was about is not even the reality. It's like a big fat jaw place. <laughs> That's what it looked like. You and your flamingo. You were cheating on your your South African flamingo. It was it was really cool. We had a really really good time. I got to go to the beaches. I got to go to the pools. Uh, the the beaches were a bit warm, which was. And, and I'm not talking about the sun. I'm talking about the sea. The sea is like food. 35 degrees. The food was amazing, incredible. The food was incredible. The I got people. to go on a desert safari. I um, got to sleep under the stars. Like it was just, it was an amazing. So you experienced amazing. everything in a very short space of time. Three and a half days. Wowzers! Packed it in. We were doing like eight things a day. How was that? Uh, that cabin. The cabin in the sky. Oh my hat! The cabin in the sky. That was like a. It was a. It's the most expensive cabin in the world. An apartment. That's it's an apartment. I, and you know what the thing is? I, I put that video up of me in this like expensive apartment, what, what. And there were some people that said, how silly. Like you can feed kids and you can do other. And the point is, and there were, someone made the, a great relevant point. Um, the people that are using these cabins generally have their own businesses and are looking after the economy anyway. So if they can afford it and they can spend it, do it. Then they can. Might as well. Yeah, it was and a- besides, people that travel around like that, they actually need rest. Yeah, look, I don't think they need that type of rest. Uh, <laughs> Business class will do that. It's it's like having your own private jet. Well, then it's okay. Like for real. How many of those are on a flight? Only one. Oh, only so one. there's only one apartment. Only one apartment on every flight. Uh, and yeah, it's got three cabins. It's like a, a bedroom, a <laughs> b- bathroom. Uh, Did you shower? Yes. Is there a shower? No, there is a shower. There is a shower. That's crazy. But I'm not going to shower on a plane. I'm too scared. Why? Where's the safety belt in the shower? Nonsense. There's no safety you belt in the, the shower. You take the safety belt off anyway. I saw you in your pictures. You were jumping on the bed, taking photos, making food. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you see, your seatbelt was off. I was naughty. <laughs> anyway, uh, every week we get to bring you the top five trending good news stories of the week. And um, this week is no different. It's the only good news charter in South Africa. And um, Kerry's chosen the five stories. I have no idea what they are. So if <laughs> if it's bad, I'm sorry. Um, Kerry, I mean, take it away. What okay. do we have at number five? Chwani Mayer is selling his home. No, 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 no. <laughs> say, say, say that again. 
Say it again. Schwani. <laughs> Where is that? It's in Pretoria. Uh, the O one two. Yeah. Twani. 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 See, how do we say it? He's looking. He's like, no, it's not. Did you hear how Kerry said it? Twani. 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 Yeah. How white is your white girl? Because that he is shaking his head your, at me yeah. in in such. Yeah, people are like, it's not working. It's not working. All right, so in Pretoria. Yes, in Pretoria, <laughs> the Pretoria mayor is selling his home using the funds to build 40 homes for the needy. So let's try this. Soli Tsimanga. Please just stop. Just okay. say the mayor. Just say the mayor. The tr- <laughs> stop. The Pretoria mayor, okay, is selling. <laughs> Guys, you are terrible, okay? <laughs> If I could, I wish that I had a live cam because the production lounge is erupting. They are literally they, rolling, rolling on the, on the floor. floor. Kerry, your whiteness is too white and he's sorry, but okay, so the mayor. Yeah. Just he's selling his five million mayoral home <laughs> and is using the funds to, to build 40 new homes for the homeless. <laughs> no, we're not laughing at the story. We're laughing at Kerry. Guys, this, I, can't, I actually can't. I need a break. I need a break. What the and hell, man? And breathe, everybody. Okay, from his one home. He should be our next president. Like, I'd vote for him. Yeah. I would vote vote for change. Vote for good. Vote for right. Yeah, that's cool, man. Because if, if someone is um, in a position to do it, and that is something that they do willingly, freely, then what could they do with massive budgets? But that's what we continuously say. If you have, then give and do and make and make stuff happen. Like, that's our job as human beings. Um, we're going to put that story up online so that you can follow it and you can see what's going on. There's some stats there and things and you can follow that whole vibe. Uh, what do we have at number four? <laughs> Am I going to butcher it again? Young student inspires the nation with a simple yet powerful act of kindness. His name's Nati. Yes, Nati. There we go. There we go. So he's from Kez, mm. um, which is a King Edward school. Yeah. Which some say, I, I mean, I didn't go to that school, but some say it's like the best school in South Africa. It is. It really just does produce amazing humans. It's true. And um, My dad went there. My brother went there. Did they? Yeah. So it's close to your home as well. Mm. Not like your home, but close to your heart. Yeah. Okay. And uh, do you want to tell us a little about what the what the kid did? So he stopped to help a man in need while everyone else walked by. One person was inspired by his act of kindness and wrote a letter, uh, which has since gone viral and is inspiring everyone that reads it. Yeah, she was in her house and she'd seen someone collapse on her pavement. Mm. And she was so scared to go in. She was like, to, to go outside and help because it's Joburg. And she was scared that she was going to get robbed or something. And she watched people walk past and this man that was laying on the yes. side of the road. She watched a, a police car come and check on him and drive past. Yeah. And she like, said literally lifeless body. And, and all the adults in the world, all the people that were adulting, were mm. just not caring. They weren't yeah. helping. And this kid in his school uniform stopped. And, and he was like, let me help. Yeah. Um, you know, let me one human be human to another. And then she came out of her house because she was like, it's safe. And, uh, and then they waited for an ambulance. It was, and was a whole bunch of And eventually he got back on his feet and this kid, um, got him back to his house with the help of her husband or whatever. They drove him. And she wrote the letter to the school, to the headmasters to just say, you need to acknowledge him. Yeah. Cause what a shining example of a human. Especially if you see the things that, I mean, the things that happen and how we are desensitized to things. Most people did walk by, but he didn't. And that, I mean, that gives us hope that um, the millennials are on the right track. Oh, look at you sticking up for the millennials. Mm-hmm. Hey. You have to. Nice. We're going to put that story up online so you can see his picture, get to know him, know his story, and maybe just give him a big shout out because that's what we need to do is appreciate people that are doing good. What do we have at number three? Meet Megan, a South African sharing an important message. Megan Hunter was standing in a queue when she was ridiculed for wearing a mask that was actually saving her life. She wrote a post with a message we should all read. So Megan um, has got MG. Mm. And, uh, it affects your immune system. Um, it's really bad. It's, 
you, you know, she's uh sure man, I've I have a friend that has MG and it's a it's a really tough thing um to watch. And and she had to go to the chemist to go pick up her tablets and her, her medicine and mm. all of that and, and she's got this um it's almost like a surgical mask. Yes, but it's got a filter. And it's colourful. Yes. She's it's like hers. Yeah. She's only 29 years old and she went off to her chemist to go and get her medicine and, mm. um, and a kid mocked her and the kid like sort of pulled her mom and laughed at this woman wearing this mask and the mom laughed. Mm. Imagine standing in a queue and that was happening around no, you. No. No. Like publicly ridicule someone. Especially in a pharmacy. Cause you're you obviously know she's there, there. Yeah. You're obviously there for a reason. So, um, don't. Don't. So Megan, instead of approaching them and going, yo, <laughs> nasty people, this is actually why I'm here. Mm. Uh, and this is why I'm wearing a mask. She decided. Educated them. She, well, she educated a lot of people. She yeah. wrote a, she wrote a post on her blog, uh, which went pretty much viral. People were sharing it. She got put up all over social media and we caught onto the story and we've posted it as well because I think it's just fair to say that people should be kinder. Definitely. Don't be cuck. Just be lacquer. My little one asked me the other day, because she also saw someone wearing a mask. You know, like a surgical mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, obviously there they were heavy winds and all sorts that particular period of time. So you have to tell them. It's not a it's not a case of, you just have to educate them. Educate From the kids, you say. Age, like yes, educate kids. Yeah. Don't yeah. pick on people. Don't bully people. It's terrible. That is like a form of bullying, right? Yeah, it is. The reason we put that story up is because now you're a little bit more educated. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little reminder to be kinder is sort of how we go. Uh, And that mask is pretty cool, Uh, you know. I think it is cool. Everybody's got a struggle. You don't know what it is. Be kind. We're going to put that story up online so that you can see it as well. What do we have at number two? South African restaurant named one of the top 10 in the world. How cool. I know. The very best of travel chosen by millions of travelers has just selected a South African restaurant as one of the best globally. Now, I did choose this because it's amazing and it's so South African, but I never knew this place had existed. How's that? Never knew it existed. I and yet it's top 10 in the world. In Constantia in Cape Town. Yeah. How do you say the name? It's La Colombe. La Colombe. La Colombe. La Colombe. It's beautiful. La Colombe. It's French. La and Colombe. yeah, and the, I mean, the pictures are amazing. It's really, really incredible. I didn't know it existed and I live in South Africa. So yeah, they're quite a, uh, I mean, it's a fine dining restaurant. Yes. If you see, mm. uh, the food that they make, it's definitely fine dining, really beautiful, it, really delicious, yeah. good flavors. It is quite spectacular. Um, and I might be going there on Wednesday. Amazing. It's definitely a destination restaurant. Yeah. Totes. But also it should encourage people to get to know our country better. We're always on a mission to travel elsewhere, but start here first. Start at home. What a, what a good way of looking at it, Care. I know. You start here first, travel here first, and then go overseas. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm gonna so go to La Colombe. Uh, it's Tell in Con- us next week. It's in Constantia. Mm. I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, we'll also put the story up online so you can see the pictures and uh, get the address and all of those good things. Uh, what do we have at number one? Another South Africanism. Apparently, South Africans have the sexiest accents in the world. Okay. Before, <laughs> okay. Get, get into the story, and then I want to get into the social media side of things because there was a bit of a debate. I know. Here. I know. Okay, so, t- okay, so tell us what's going on. An Irish website has ranked 50 countries according to the sex, uh, the sexiness of their accents and South Africa was ranked at number one. We smark it. We smark so it. That, okay, so there was a whole lot that happened and they have, I mean, the Irish website loving posted, okay, they, and they even put in, um, a couple of different phrases. Exactly. So here, here's what I want to say. We get this title mm-hmm. uh, just by some random media lifestyle piece that have chosen South Africans accents as the the sexiest or the best or whatever that is and we put the story up online and all of a sudden South Africans are like sis how can that be that's terrible like our accent is not great like tearing ourselves Mm. apart Mm. tearing ourselves apart and my problem with that is yes to us another accent might sound beautiful mm. like absolutely beautiful but to others our accent sounds pretty cool and it's the weirdest thing how as south africans we can just put ourselves down it's like we enjoy it and also i mean there are a lot of foreigners that ask where you come from 
it's the strangest thing because even though we're from South Africa, we have so many different accents here. Yeah, but still, I, like if as a South African, if you if you were in the middle, pick a country in the middle of Portugal, Portugal, and another South African spoke to you. Whatever, whether they were from Cape Town or Durban or Bloom, mm. you'd pick it up immediately. Yes. Because I, we do have one accent. We do. We have many dialects of yes. that ac- accent, and it's different for where you are. Even in Johannesburg, <laughs> if you're from the south or the north or the east or the west or central, yeah. there's different ways of speaking. Mm. But it's kind of one accent that you can mm. pick up. I I would say that a French person has got the same thing, where it's different um, tones, different mm. pitches, different... A French person would be able to, to tell you if someone was from north or south or whatever. It's the same thing. Yeah. What I need to what I need to push is, why the hell are we not celebrating? I think it's amazing. Like, the, I just... We should be was, proud. It was bizarre on social media. I was watching it and I just thought to myself, yes, you man. It's not... Like, <laughs> I like our accents. And so do I. <laughs> so do I. Uh, we're going to put all those stories up online so that you can read them and... Um, and sort of figure out and read and go to that website to see all the good stuff and uh, hear about the accents and all these good things that we do. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. Oh, you're back on the good stuff on Cliff Central. And I've got a full house. Um, I don't know why this happens. I'm sure Kerry does something. She plans something. She puts this stuff together. Uh, we get to speak to inspirational South Africans every week, which is the best part of the show, is we get to speak to people that are doing amazing things. Um, and they tend to be women. The thorn amongst the roses. The rose amongst the thorns. No. How many thorns does a, a stem, of, a one stem of like a rose? How many thorns are there? It's one rose yeah. and it's got like 20 thorns on yeah, it. Yeah, but you're the thorn. We're the roses. I feel like that. It, listen, if it's the other way around, let me know. Um, we've got Lauren Siegel who's, and I, is it Siegel? Yes, that's right. That's it. I'm going to put all your microphones on. Uh, you're a four-time cancer survivor. Indeed. And you've also written a book called Cancer, A Love Story. That's right. So we've got you in studio. We're going to be speaking about that in a couple of seconds. And you're with Louise and Colleen from the Breast Health Foundation because it's Breast Health Awareness Month. Or as Kerry started the show and said, it's boob month. Yeah. It's boob month. It's yeah. boob Definitely. month. It's boob month. You've been on the show before. Yes, I have. You've been on the show before. Yeah. You guys are like regulars here. I hope you parked in the regular parking and just picked up your coffee cups on the way in. <laughs> we did. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you in studio. And it's, it's um, you know, not the greatest circumstances to be here because you've both survivors and you've gone through a, a hectic time. But you hear about awareness and education and get getting other people to understand why it matters. So let's start there. Why does it matter? Should, yeah. Do you want to start? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> Breast cancer, very scary thing. Um, many years ago, it was always considered as a death sentence. But with medicine and technology and skills and doctors, it isn't a death sentence anymore. I'm a 13-year survivor of breast cancer. Lauren's a two-times breast cancer survivor for various years on both mm. cancers, etc. And there is life after breast cancer. It is not a death sentence anymore. It's about education, awareness, know your boobs as it's boob month, check for changes and pick up those changes so you can be screened. If you're, if we take your story and just recap on it, I mean, you were diagnosed many years ago. How did you find out? What, what was that defining moment? Um, shower on a Sunday morning, found something in my breast. Thought, oh, okay. Did, were you, were you, um, were you a checker? Did you spend like one day a week or one day in the shower? Did you normally check or was this just out of the blue? Out of the blue, never checked. Mom never taught me how to, didn't speak about those things. And I found a lump by accident, 34 years old, and didn't take much notice of it because breast cancer is for old women. You know, mm. at 60, 70, you get breast cancer. And a couple of weeks later, it was still there. Went and had it checked out. And, wow, won the cancer lotter. 
had uh, quite an aggressive little tumor in my breast and went through all the treatment. And 13 years later, I'm here to tell the story. Which I think is the, the beautiful part of that is that you are here to tell the story and you're able to educate other women and men because and it's men. not yep. just a female. Breast cancer is not just for women. It's also men. Mm. Um, I am lucky enough to work with various organizations that uh, they teach me all about cancer and, and just knowing. And that's what it's about, right? It's about knowing. Um, as far as men with breast cancer go, there is a increased awareness. We're finding more men coming through with lumps in their breast mm. that are being diagnosed with breast cancer. The treatment's exactly the same. They just don't get very expensive boob jobs afterwards. <laughs> but um, they are coming through. It's not There isn't such a stigma attached to men with breast cancer anymore. And the guys are starting to talk about it and the awareness is out there. And they're starting to check and come in for treatment. And, the, and you're part of the Breast Health Foundation. What, what is the Breast Health Foundation? Uh, it's a not-for-profit company. Our vision and mission is education, awareness around breast health, breast cancer, um, informative and emotional support to anyone affected by breast cancer. And we are very actively involved in access to treatment in South Africa. Our greater population don't have medical aid. And there are great public facilities available in the country, but we'd like to see more access to treatment throughout the country in all 11 provinces with access to chemo, um, radiation, surgery, etc., so that and, all women can have access. And I guess um, a huge part of that is education. Education. If you're underprivileged, um, you might not have a TV to see an ad about it or watch a movie where it triggers something. Um, the education in an underprivileged sector should be a huge drive as well, I would, I would suppose. 95% of the work we do is focused at that community. We do a lot of um, local radio stations, regional radio stations in the relevant language in the area. The challenge is you can't always educate everybody because if there isn't a treatment center that they can access, they sit with a problem with nowhere to go. So we're working on that to have more access in the country for patients. And Lauren, you four-time survivor... You've written a book. It's called Cancer, A Love Story. You know, the title is gripping. Um, Is it about your experience? Is that sort of what you you put down to paper? Yes. And let me go back to your first question of of why, why we're here, why we're telling our stories. I think Louise touched on it, but I, I have been quite amazed in writing this book and going to various places and talking about my story. The sh- levels of shame and the silence that still surrounds breast cancer. No, man. Even though we are down the road, many years down the road and great advances have been made, people are still treating this as a disease of shame. And that is, still, th- 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 you saying that is bizarre to me. It is bizarre to me, but I was with young people the other day at the university at UJ in a discussion with, about this and they, one person after the other got up and said in their family, they have had their mother with breast cancer. No one spoke to them about them. No one told them, it, it told them what was going on. And so I have been quite amazed at the response to me getting up and telling my story. It's been absolutely yeah. inspiring to me. People tell me it's inspired them, but I am inspired by the conversations it's opening up and, and I didn't anticipate the extent to which this would still be an issue. Was it was it difficult reliving those treatments and reliving that part of your life when you have to put it down onto paper? I, I'm guessing that no, no, it wasn't because what it did is it clarified so much for me. The writing process was enormously helpful in allowing me to understand what I went through, and because it's such a difficult process and the treatment is so difficult, I say this again and again to discuss the undiscussable feelings, the difficult feelings, the hard feelings is much easier than keeping them inside. So being being vulnerable, asking for help, all the things we think are so difficult actually make this journey so much easier. Mm. It's the silence and the, the not talking that for me presents the problems. So you're, you've launched the book and you're now, like you said, you're speaking at the university. Um, is that part of your process as well? You're going out there, educating, awareness, getting people to speak about this unspeakable thing. 
Absolutely. And I'm very lucky because I'm doing so in conjunction with the Breast Health Foundation. Mm. And that, th- that roots my book in a much bigger program. So it's not about an individual going and promoting a story. I feel like I'm part of a campaign and have such amazing colleagues around me who've been supporting me and the proceeds from the book that are sold to corporates go to the Breast Health Foundation. So there's also a fundraising element That's to this, incredible. which is amazing. Um, and it's been quite a journey. I'm looking at Colleen and Louise on my left and right and thinking I'm very lucky. So Colleen, th- this is an important month because it is Breast Awareness Month and Breast. it's knowing about it. Um, but it's actually not about a month. It's every day. Like the month is great for for raising awareness and for getting people to talk mm. about it. But this this problem, this uh, cancer that we have, it's an everyday problem. Definitely. I mean, one of our survivors mentioned last week, breast cancer survivor awareness is not just October for somebody who's experienced it firsthand. So that is for us the whole year and we urge corporates to educate their employees and care about employee wellness throughout the year because breast cancer is not going to just choose October to affect you. Um, so yeah, we, you know, October is our busiest month and we have our most events and our awareness and stuff then, but we, we really do try and um, at the utmost to raise awareness throughout the year and do different initiatives and different events and, and different programs throughout the year to to make it a priority. Are you are you finding that people are speaking about it more like I definitely do see it. Uh, I see an influx with the youth. Uh, we have a lot of new youth coming into um, into our various clinics. Um, a lot of the moms and, and the girls and stuff that are getting diagnosed say, you know, my daughter spotted this or my niece spotted sure. something and heard about it at varsity or heard about it at school and urged me to come and seek treatment. Um, so those stigmas and those myths are being debunked. Um, uh, I think various cultures are becoming more aware and are more open about it. Um, and, yeah, I just think there is a lot more awareness about knowing your normal and that you should be breast friends with your own boobs. And, um, yeah, um, men are becoming more aware about it. Sometimes we teach the husbands and partners on how to do the breast exams for their partners and wives, and they thoroughly enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we do see that 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 the work is paying off and there is definitely a change happening. There is an undercurrent in South Africa. Um, so yeah, we're pleased at the movement. Uh, so the movement, it's October. We're listening to the radio right now and we're hearing about this. What do you, what is the call to action? What do you want people to do? do you, should they visit the website to get more information? Should they go to the bathroom and just do a quick check? Like what should we do right now? I think as a first priority, I urge everybody to empower themselves, um, no matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter your cultural background, no matter your financial status, know your normal. Check your breasts at least once a month. Know what your normal is. And if if there is anything abnormal, then go get, get, it, get it checked out. Um, you you can go seek help at um, the Grotesky Hospital in Cape Town or you can go to the Helen Joseph Breast Care Clinic on a Tuesday morning, 7.30, new patients can come in. You don't need a referral from any other clinic or from any other doctor. You can walk in and you will be seen that day. We do not close the clinic until every patient has been seen every Tuesday. That's incredible. Um, and then you can go there whether you've got medical aid or not. Um, and then there are obviously various um, breast clinics around the country. Mill Park Breast Clinic is the one. Um, but yeah, they can, they can go visit us on mybreast.org.za for more information and more support. They can reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if they want to have care or comfort, um, counseling. And the Breast Health Foundation at the end of the day, um, takes your hand from the start, um, right through survivorship and we carry you and navigate you and support you wherever it need be. So, so I think what I'm getting, uh, there's two things I want to say. First of all, um, you've already created a bit of a change because the Huddle Up Girls, which are on next, were both just feeling their boobs yep. up. They were like, are we okay? <laughs> what, is my, what is my normal? Happened. And even in that side, <laughs> the yeah. girls are all like, let's just do a quick check. Yeah. So, so good job on that. Yeah. And the second thing that I think I got from that, and if I can give that to the listeners, is don't be scared. Mm-mm. There's no reason to be 
afraid. If you find a, a lump, if, if something's not right, if your normal's not your normal, um, what you've just said is there's a support system and you guys will be there from start to finish and you'll, you'll, you'll help these ladies and even men, um, with a great support system. And I think I need to thank the Breast Health Foundation for Can that. I add a third thing for the listeners? Please go. Quickly. Go. <laughs> I want to say that so many people know people who have breast cancer and other cancers and don't be afraid to talk about it mm. because I think that the conversations we're starting to have are very important for people to get over the fear. So it's going to the clinic and addressing it, but also finding the language yeah. to actually address cancer. Amazing. Uh, the book, where do I get it? The book is available at exclusives oh, and lovely. other independent outlets. It's at the airport, I believe. Someone sent wow. a picture. It's it's out there. So um, and also available, I think, on the Breast Health Foundation yes. website. There is a link. Yeah, where it's possible to order the book. It's called Cancer, A Love Story by Lauren Siegel. And I think if you can give that to someone, maybe who's, who's gone through this or is going through this or just someone who might need uh, an inspirational story because I think your story is inspirational. Well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, you wanted to mention Facebook. I'm sure you said something about Facebook. Yes, you can follow us on the Breast Health Foundation on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of activities that are coming up, walks, um, Support stories, survivorship stories, the book is available there. So if you need a bit of inspiration, follow us on Facebook on the Breast Health Foundation. It's that easy. We're going to put up all of the links so that you can get a hold of the events and sort of see what uh, this amazing foundation is doing. Also, we'll put a link to the book so that you can get a bit inspired. And most of all, um, go and and check your normal uh, right now. Um, I think it's super important. And if you, you have someone who's a little bit older who might not be aware, um, tell them to check their normal. Uh, mm-hmm. Just spread the awareness, spread the education, not just in October, but every day. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. Thank you for being with me. That's it. Thank you. That's it. Kerry, you just did a check. So we all know that we're good. Yep. We're all good. Uh, the girls from Huddle Up have joined us and they're a bit weird today. Yeah. Um, they both sat down. I'm going to try to paint a picture here. They both sat down and they've got these surgical gloves on their right hand and, and yes, Kirst is like trying to put her headphones on with just one hand, just her left hand. Um, Paige is sitting at the desk just with her left hand on the mm. table. She's got her phone that's keeping her little bookie open. Um, and the right hand is just not featuring, except that it's blue. And they're yes. both fumbling. They're, no, they're a mess. They're a mess. I'm going to take a picture of Paige because she managed to get the headphones on. Kirst hasn't. Am I not working? Oh. That's why I can't hear. Different story. Paige, Paige has got her headphones on, but her hair looks like she did it in a wind tower. I'm just trying to put on these headphones here, but it's quite impossible not using my hands that I usually use. No, well, you know, let's let's unpack. (laughs) Why are we only using one hand? Okay, well, do you want to start, actually? If you can. No, wait, you go. I'm trying to start myself. (laughs) The month of October is um, not only Breast Health um, Awareness Month, but it's also the International Stroke Awareness Month. And um, we'll be um, you know, on the 29th of October, which is a Sunday. Is if you just hear banging and all sorts <laughs> of stuff, it's just, Kirst doesn't even know what's going on. This is difficult. Yeah, only left-hand day. Yeah. Um, and in support of International Stroke Awareness Day, we um, on the 30th, which will be a Monday, um, they'll be hosting a sh- pilot for the International Stroke Awareness Day where the boys at King Edward School oh, we had K- We were speaking about CARES earlier yeah. on. Yeah. All the boys have um, donned a blue a blue glove in support of the Glove Initiative, which is to just raise awareness of after um, one has suffered a stroke, they lose um, one side mm. of their the, the use of one side of their body. So the glove is to just put it on your dominant hand and be able to at least for one hour experience the frustration of what it is after you've had a stroke. So just try and tie your shoelace, make a cup of oh, tea, no. brush your hair, brush mm-hmm. your teeth. Simple things like that, open the car door, drive, you know, it's, it's the little things in life that we actually don't think about when you only have one hand to use. So that's why I'm banging things around because <laughs> it's actually really difficult. It's, it's, you know, typing on your phone, you know, if you need to make a phone call, writing a note, typing on the computer, 
It's it's, it's there's a real lots of things. struggle. Yeah. So how we met the Stroke Survivors Foundation was we were doing work with um, Adams and Adams, mm. who um, for free went and helped the Stroke Survivors Foundation uh, protect the intellectual property of the Blue Initiative of the Blue Glove Initiative. And from next year, we're going to try and see how many corporate sponsors and schools we can get on board, where everyone can at least purchase a glove, and all proceeds will go to the foundation, um, where the foundation is also there to educate and raise awareness for stroke mm. survivors, because um, in South Africa we actually don't have much support or many units in hospitals that help people who've suffered from strokes. Mm. So the one thing um, I know about strokes, and it's something that I think I was taught in school, mm. is it, mm. it's called FAST. Yeah, be, be fast, fast. Be fast. Yes, they've oh, added two new letters. Okay, so, so I knew FAST as uh, face, arm, speech, and time. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, and, and what that means is... Um, if someone's face looks uneven, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and you ask them to mm-hmm. smile, and if the if you're not, then you you might be suffering a stroke. Yes. Um, if the one arm drifts down, and I'm guessing that's where the glove sort of comes in as well. If you can't raise both your arms, then you 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 might be suffering a stroke. Um, and if your speech sounds a little bit slurred or strange, which is the speech comes in, and then time, every second counts crucial. because yes. it's crucial. crucial. So what does the B what, what does the B stand for in B fast? So the the B and the E, which are the two new letters that they've added, the B is for balance. So if you lose your balance, um, and the E is for eyes. So your eyesight will become a bit blurry. Um, so my dad actually suffered a, a, his third stroke about a month ago. Oh my and what happened was he came home and my mom noticed immediately the left side of his eye was drooping. His arm was crunched up and he was leaning over. And did there he notice? He did, but he was in denial. Okay. And that's one of the things some stroke patients or survivors go through is denial. They don't mm. want to accept the fact that this is something that they're currently going through. So, yeah, so she, you know, as T for time, times of the essence, she was able to get him to the hospital in time sure. because there's a 90-minute window period that you can stop the clot mm-hmm. if there is a clot from bursting. So time is a massive thing. If you can identify that someone is potentially having a stroke, you've got to get them to an emergency room ASAP because the staff there have a process that they follow through in order to prevent any damage from happening. Man, that's that is hectic. very scary. Yeah. yeah, and what um through like the work that Kirst and I have done as well is what we've realised is that stroke does not discriminate against age, gender, no. race. Um, we even met a, a boy the other day as young as seven who had suffered a stroke. Yeah. Um, it really there's uh you know different case studies of people being also very healthy at thirty. Mm. Um, I think it's something that we all need to have a lot more information and awareness over because it's, it truly can happen to mm. anyone at any time. Mm. It's a, a story of a pregnant girl. Uh, she also she suffered a stroke, so yeah. As Paige said, it's it's it can happen to anyone. It's not mm. a specific target. <laughs> okay, so yeah. we're gonna. We, I mean, you're not allowed to use your right hand anymore no. for the rest of the day. Yes, you're just gonna yeah. be without your right hand. Yeah. What else do you have going on? I know you guys are always <laughs> juggling, and today we're juggling with one hand. Yeah, but you're, you hear it too. <laughs> <laughs> you're always juggling a, a bucket load. So what's yeah. happening? Well, there's actually been, it's been quite a nice amount of uh, things that have been going on. Um, we recently um, were at Talk Academy, which were introduced to by our client Abland. And part of uh, Abland and the Abcon Group Foundation is to upgrade the school um, and to also identify any needs that the students are needing because they, they are from a very underprivileged area in Primrose and Germiston. And there's about 800 students that are at the school that's been only going for a year. Um, so what we did with the MENA Cup was identify that uh, there are students missing school because there's no access or it's not enough money to be purchasing um, female, period products, fe- yeah. fe- female products, hygiene products, um, pads and tampons. And then also most of that is ending up in landfills. So what we introduced was the MENA, MENA Cup, which is a silicone cup that these girls at grade seven and, mm-hmm. and six level. Okay, my, um, my, que- my question to you guys yeah. is, have you approached government yet? Like government should be funding this. For yeah. the women of South Africa. So I hope you're, you're getting into your ward councillors or your yes, I hope you're yeah. fighting. Yes, you're, you're fighting. fighting. Speaking so. to a few departments as well in the yeah. government. Yeah. Yeah. Mina have already, um, given out over 21,000 Mina cups and they've visited over 102 schools so far. So I know that they are constantly visiting new schools and trying to create their winners. Five, Five years. years. We yeah. need, so yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put this task to you two. Yes. This is your job. Another yes. <laughs> we need to, like, if you go to a public bathroom and there's condoms in, yeah. the, in the men's bathroom, I don't know if there is in the ladies, yeah. there should they be are. public meaners yeah. there. Exactly. 100%. It should be available everywhere. And one's yeah. a choice and you don't get taxed on it for free and the other one is a biological that Something happens, it's normal, avoid. and yes. the government aren't doing anything to support it. Or educate 
set young girls. I yeah. mean, some girls are putting twigs and, and yeah. leaves or missing school because they believe that they, they're bleeding from the inside. Yeah. It becomes... <laughs> so what you can do to the public is you can purchase one and one will be donated. So it's about 399 rand. And if you think about it, that's a one-off cost that you're paying for five years compared to sure. paying for a box of tampons so every single month. So expensive. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to purchase all the other products because you can afford to, well, mm. you know, that's great. But those that can't, at least there mm. is a solution. It's a safe and cost-effective solution that we can provide to girls in schools so that they can continue to mm. attend class. Yeah. It's important. 25% of schools a lot throughout the year. To miss that. It's a scary stat, and I just yeah. like th- that's my thing. Put it, I put it to you. You need to get hold of your ward counselors. You need to be speaking drill to it the down. Co- drill it down. Yeah. Go to the top. This is a huge problem in. I mean, in the we, world, yeah. in the world. But yeah. let's let's try fix it in South Africa. And I must just say, we would also like to say thank you to Chapter Two, which is also oh, a non-profit definitely. organization. Um, it was their initiative that they partnered with um, the Abcon Group Foundation in order to ensure that the Grade Six and Grade Seven girls of Hawk Academy receive these mina cups wow. and if the school well, has training. taken to it really nicely we will look at doing the grade fours and grade fives mm. so i'm really excited imagine? for that man i feel like we've traveled such a beautiful long road together yeah, short road yeah. It's yeah. Been a short three <laughs> years quick, but, yeah. but you two are really doing incredible things mm. for Thank south you. africa and it's you know you you Put your heart and soul into everything you do, and it's amazing. Thank it's you. amazing. Thank you, you too, as much. well. So yeah. thank you for the platform. It always definitely helps 100%. We get people phoning us afterwards saying, How's it? We heard you on the radio. Want to get involved? Where we've got books, we've got clothing, we've got shoes. Um, we're doing another Christmas function as well. Yeah. <laughs> so people getting involved. Always there. exciting. Mm. Incredible, incredible, incredible. What else do we have? We've got uh, like two minutes. Um, so fantastic. if you can jam pack <laughs> anything else in. Okay, on your marks, go. So <laughs> we did another renovation of a vegetable garden and food tunnel at Rachel Primary School in Dipslut. You yes. went there. I went there. Yes. 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 That's <laughs> where we did that there. crazy Christmas party of yeah. 500 yes. kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you go there during break time, I mean, we've been there for the past six months. We pop in here and there. See the little kids, and it's amazing to see how so many students want to be champions of the garden and get involved. Um, but we, on Saturday, we hosted a training session where the kids, the students, and we brought a whole bunch of volunteers. Miss, Earth, Miss Commonwealth Earth was there as well. Mm-hmm. That's um, amazing. Yeah, just getting That's everyone wonderful. to start getting involved, working with the kids, starting the conversation. Um, yeah, I, I, so yesterday I was in Cape Town, and uh, I went to a, a there was a, name that they gave it and I can't remember it was a food garden they created in the school it was to teach kids about the food it's obviously mm-hmm. what you guys were but it also feeds the school as well yes. so they use the produce for that yes, yeah. and and it was the most beautiful food garden I've ever seen and yeah. the kids came and they were um, they were helping us dig and plant and harvest and then they had to weigh the spinach and the, oh, we in one har- in one so harvesting lovely. I think we did two kilograms of spinach that's that's amazing. Amazing. it was amazing that's awesome. it was very cool saw, were, so all the kids then ate from the produce or do some of them maybe be sold off into the community? No. So at the moment, because of the drought, they're not doing the selling into the community. Okay. But it all goes to the the kitchen, to the, the communal kitchen, Fantastic. and the chefs cook um, the food for the underprivileged kids. It's a, it's, wow. an amazing it's an amazing concept. concept. It is an amazing concept. Well, well it's done brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the kids get so excited, and that's what we love so much about it is is being able to involve the kids and to ensure that they take to it. You know. Mm. But uh, if you compare to what it looked like before, it was literally like it was, it was just a thorn bush. Yeah, yeah. Mad, just, just mad, dry just grass. Some thorns. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if people want to get involved with Huddle Up, where do they go? Woo. Okay. So Facebook, we are Huddle Up. And then Instagram, Huddle Up underscore ZA. And then uh, I'm Paige, P-A-I-G-E, at huddleup.ca.za. And I'm cursed at huddleup.ca.za. And our website is www.huddleup.ca.za. As always, we're going to put that up on the website. Can't wait for, to catch up with you again next month. Yes, uh, thank please you. Please don't use your right hand. You're not no, allowed to. Yeah. You're not allowed to. That's the good stuff for this week. Loved it. Of Thank course you, you did. Of Thank course you, for you did. Us. I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, always believe in yourself and always stretch yourself beyond your limits. Your life is worth a lot more than you think because you are capable of accomplishing more than you'll ever know. You have more potential than you think, but you will never know your full potential unless you keep challenging yourself and pushing yourself beyond your own self-imposed limits. Live boldly, push yourself, and don't settle. That's the good stuff for this week. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week, Tuesday, every Tuesday, 10 a.m. on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.